When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it, Weekend Editions here at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Connor Clark in this morning. We are uh, loaded up. It has been an insanely busy week uh, here in Nebraska, also around the college football world. We're here to talk about it the next couple hours. can join us at 466 3776 466 Seven six or eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore Radio. Cranach is off of Twitter, which makes me sad, but I totally get it. Uh, can find us also at Schmidt underscore Radio uh, C underscore Clark underscore twenty seven for Connor, and uh, always follow uh, ESPN Lincoln and at Hale Varsity. Cranach, we we've had a uh, cascade of events. Coaching earthquake with uh, Riley and OU to SC and the new Cajun, uh, Cajun Kelly uh, from uh, Notre Dame down to LSU. Yeah, I, like his, I like his new southern accent. That I know. That, that it's, it sounds like you're doing a, a read in, in journalism school, right? When we had to do our voices, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so he has gone all Baton Rouge. Uh, Adrian, fare thee well as he is off to the portal. Austin Allen off to the NFL. We're still waiting on official word from Cam Jurgens and Davey and that Daniels. That seems like it's all but done, correct, yeah, I from think, everything I've heard? I think yeah. uh, I think Cam's probably gone, but we don't have anything official on that. And then you get Mickey Joseph, which is a monster, monster get for Nebraska to, to finally be announced uh, yesterday morning about 11.45 or so. Uh, it had been a little tense uh, for Nebraska fans waiting on some good news. Uh, to get a guy like Mickey Joseph, but man, what a big time get for Scott Frost! Now you got to round out the offensive line, uh, special teams, and uh, running backs coach. And offensive oh yeah, coordinator. But, yeah, well, <laughs> I've got a theory on what where, where they may go with that. Uh, not necessarily a name, but a but a tandem. So hmm. there's there there's that, and then oh by the way, uh, go raid the portal. Go finish strong now that you got Mickey in your back pocket with maybe some some high school prospects or the portal and uh, see what you can get by de- by December 15th as coaches are scouring the earth. Uh, so we can start wherever uh, you want. I want to start with Mickey yeah. and just uh, touch on his career and all the things he has earned and all the places he's been. Be it a uh, you know a, a high school academy coach in inner city New Orleans or 
being at Louisiana Tech or starting his own program. I mean, Mickey's done it forever, and he was able to make the jump back in 17 from uh, from Tech to, to LSU. And not only is it important to scout and keep that Louisiana talent going to the Bayou, he did that, but he did it at such a high level where two things happened. A, he developed guys that had the potential for greatness, and, and he found guys that were already really high level and and made them uh, become what they're supposed to be. Uh, I'm excited to see if Nebraska can get a little bit of a resurrection down in Louisiana or parts of SEC country through Mickey's Connections. We had Jack Pierce on yesterday. Jack's a legendary coach and recruiter for Nebraska, and he was the man, along with T.O., of course, that got Mickey to Lincoln as the, the National Gatorade Player of the Year in 1988. Mickey had a good career here, had some injuries, but Mickey was that, that like that wow, if you remember back in the late 80s, that wow get because of who Nebraska beat out for him, Notre Dame and Oklahoma and, and Clemson. I mean, you think all the option schools back then, everyone wanted Mickey Joseph. Nebraska got uh, Mickey Joseph. And it was it was impressive then. And, you know, you fast forward here almost 30, 35 years later, impressive now to, to land a guy like Mickey Joseph that can really put a shot into the arm of your program. Mickey will be your passing game coordinator, your associate head coach, and your wide receivers coach. Your wide receiver room is interesting because of some of the young kids you have that redshirted this year, that you love the size and speed. You have Trell Neville, uh, yeah. Sean Hardy. Yep, and, and and then you also have uh, the fact that there's Omar Manning and 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 Betts, and who wants to to see Betts go off? I think we're all raising our hands here because you've seen really special glimpses and uh, pound for pound and punch for punch. Betts is a guy that's averaging about twenty one a touch <laughs> if yeah. if they get him the football. So uh, there there is that aspect of it. And uh, Mickey will, will do really nice things here in Lincoln. I think you're going to see whoever's hired as O-line coach paired with Mickey, and, and there's your your, coordinate, your coordinator tandem, uh, similar maybe to what Ohio State did when they had Herman and Ed Warner back in 14. One was the run game coordinator, one was the passing game coordinator. They worked in tandem. And, and of course, I know Frost is, is trying to be more CEO but I think you'll have maybe that triangle just because of the numbers here. You need a special teams coordinator. You still need a running backs coach. And uh, I, I'm not sure if, the, if, if there's going to be more uh, turnover on Nebraska's staff, so to speak, if someone moves on defensively or not. Yeah, <laughs> it has been quite the week, uh, quite the year. And it's tough to know what to make of almost any of it. You know, like it is exciting that, Mickey Joseph is coming back, but I'll be honest, it was a little bit blunted and muted by is it the thought of is it going to matter, right? Like just <laughs> it's just kind of where things are at. Yeah. Um like you know that Mickey Joseph is a is a bona fide coach. He's a good one. You know that he's got the recruiting connections. You're like, eh, does Frost make it till October? I, <laughs> you know, and therefore does Mickey I, you know it's. I think I, don't know. He, I think he's. I think he's fine. Well, I th- sure. I think maybe Mickey, he'll last. M- Mickey, maybe he'll... Mickey Joseph will be fine. 
after sure. October 1st. Okay, sure. But, but regard, and then Adrian leaving and, you know, some, some reports on how, not reports, rumors. How was the <laughs> exit? We, how was the exit interview, right? I mean, that's what right. you wonder. Everyone yeah. else is sending out well wishes and God love you, Adrian. Thanks for everything. And you don't even get a statement from your head coach. No. No. And, and I know no, he's, at the same he's time, busy. He's busy. I get it. Well, and at the same time, I don't even know how, like on, on one level, you're like, God, you, you wish that would have just gone amicably and, and gone well. But at the same time, is it any surprise whatsoever that it didn't? And I don't, I'm, and I'm, gonna even, I'm not, out of all the things to be upset with Frost about, I'm not really upset about that one mm-hmm. because I'm like, you know what? It's been four years of just swimming upstream and then just getting pushed back down. You know, like four years just going up that hill and then getting pushed back down. They're both frustrated as hell. Mm-hmm. How, how do you think that's going to go? Yeah. Right? It you didn't stay work in, out. You stay in, you go in, what do you want to do, Adrian? Hey, I, 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 I think Adrian was ready to be patient to find out who the OC is. And I don't know this. I'm just kind of theorizing, knowing his, his love for Nebraska, knowing he's got a bum shoulder, knowing that, Listen, uh, you've got history here versus, you know, hitting reset and going somewhere else with that same injury, with that same rehab timeline. I mean, anywhere you go, you're going to have to go win, win a job, be it in Lincoln or Manhattan or, or wherever, uh, theoretically. Uh, that said, if, if I'm a, a quarterback and I know what's on the roster, i.e. Harburg and Smothers, this is a, a place, if I get healthy, I think I can go win, win the job if I get more help around me, right? If I get some development. Uh, the other side of it is, if you're Nebraska, Adrian, you've not, you've not made it through a, a season. I mean, you've, you've been busted up and broken. That's not all your fault, but it's true. You've missed starts. You've missed games. And when you haven't been injured, you, you've been benched. So we are going to go to the portal. <laughs> it, well, right. Well, and that's, and, and, and Nebraska's got to Nebraska's got to got to be true to themselves there and give themselves every opportunity to to find a quarterback. If that's retaining Adrian, great, but it can't be at the expense of not kicking every tire out there. It's just right. It's just not gonna work out. Right. That's just what it is. It's just not working out for either of them because you brought it up. They both have a point, and like on emotion on an emotional level, if you're Adrian, you're like. I played with a broken jaw. I've killed myself. I got surgery. I've taken all the bullets, taken so much crap about this program for stuff that isn't even my fault. I've done it with class. I've had everybody's back. Like, what else do you want me to do? A little loyalty. Don't go portal shopping. Well, then, but then if you're frost, you're, you're sitting there like I've started you every damn game I possibly could. Mm -hmm. I've, I've not gone out and heavily pursued a transfer portal in the uh, transfer edition. We've given you every opportunity. You don't come through and win games for us, bro. We've tried. It's been four years. We've tried. I can't just blindly commit to you for another year because I'll get fired October 1st if this doesn't work out. Right? Like, they both have a point. Completely. They they both have a point. And I, 
you know, I couldn't imagine it was really difficult when we were having these discussions before. I couldn't imagine Adrian coming back. I really couldn't. I'm not trying to say I could predict the future, but I'm like, with everything that that would represent and mean, is he really going to put himself through? Like, really? He's going to stay. He's going to be like the first five year starting quarterback in history with the kind of record that he has, with the upheaval that's going on in the with the assistant coaches, with the the you know, we thought there was pressure before <laughs> about next year when there's, you know, Scott's got basically a four or five game audition, you know, like uh, just like, why would you want to be a part of that? If you're Adrian, I just couldn't even. Right. So of course it got a little tense and maybe the reality of that led to some tense discussions or whatever. But if you're, if you're Adrian, did you really want to come back to that? Like really new quarterback coach, new Offensive coordinator, same program, maybe losing your center. Mm-hmm. Your, losing your tight defense. end. Your tight end's the, gone. Yeah. The defense that like stepped up, they're getting decimated. Like it's, it doesn't look. Oh, it looks bleak. Uh, yeah. I don't know. If, if I'm Adrian, I'm kind of like, um, you know, I gave it four years. I did everything I could. Now, you leave a little disappointed because he's like, damn, I really never did get that big W. It just didn't happen. Um, so that I'm sure that'll grade on him, but I, I just couldn't imagine if, him if him coming back. And so therefore, it's very difficult to imagine right now what the hell this team even is. You know, the the identity has definitely been Coach Frost mm-hmm. offensively, right? And by extension, Adrian, and those are both kind of removed from the picture now. Uh, right. I mean, Frost is there, but he's not going to be the O coordinator. Supposedly. He's going to back. It's like, I can't like picture Nebraska football next year. What? What are you even seeing? Like, what kind of like, who's a quarterback? What's who's he throwing to? What kind of plays are they doing? What's their identity? Like, no idea. Defensively similar. You're losing a lot of dudes. A lot. And I think it's overlooked how much it helps Nebraska that you had so many sixth-year guys. Oh, that's that's the bridge you, you had to have to finally yeah. like stabilize with some experience and some ability to play fast, and also have some depth. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the sixth the six-year guys were your were your saviors because oh, of man. how good they were, but how fast they played. I mean, and Chin, and, yeah, and Chin Andrew gets a lot of credit. He should he should because they came back for him. But let's see, right? Let's let's see. Like, that's an advantage a lot of defensive coordinators in the college game have never had before. <laughs> you know, you bring back a bunch of 23-year-olds, right, that are fully physically developed and mm-hmm. know the defense inside and out. Like, pretty big advantage for you. I that think the advantage maturity, goes away next year. The maturity part was so big with guys really just doing their job. Exactly. Knowing their yep. assignments and, and getting downhill. So, yeah, it, it's going to be a, a time of transition, but you have a, a guy in Mickey Joseph that can help with, with that theoretically on the offensive side, and uh, we'll see. Uh, because, yeah, the defense is going to have to be restructured. you still got your inside backers. Uh, hopefully, if you're a Nebraska fan, you still have Caleb and, and Garrett on the outside. Uh, what kind of strides can can the polar bear make on the interior if, if Daniels is gone? Uh, and then you got Robinson and, and Rogers that have played decent to good ball. 
right? Now it's their turn to step up and start, presumably. And then you've got some guys in the secondary that, I mean, you got you got half of a year, it felt like, a Miles Farmer that did a nice job. Newsom really ended the season well. I mean, there's some guys that have had more and more responsibility that, uh, that, that played at a higher level, and it's not going to be so new or foreign to them. It shouldn't be much, uh, there shouldn't be much of, a over, of an overwhelming feeling. Granak, we're going to hear from Dean Blevins in about uh, 10 minutes or so, uh, our insider with the Sooners, because this kind of set the whole thing off, right? That with, was good. With the, I, I checked that out earlier this week. With and, coaching carousel and yeah, uh, yeah. Lincoln Riley blowing up every bridge, a la end of, uh, uh, what's the movie I'm thinking of here? with uh, Saving Private Ryan, right? You, oh, there you, you go. Secure the bridge. <laughs> well, <laughs> Lincoln Riley doing his best Tom Hanks at the end of the movie where you where you push the button to make sure the bridge is not operational. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ryan Kelly it, is a loser. Sorry. A little harsh yeah. this morning. but Never been a fan of his. Is ever. he just the, the fakest dude in America? He's a good football coach. He's won at a lot of spots. But Notre Dame, honestly, man, they're they're the kids are uber excited for their D coordinator getting the gig, which is fun. I hope it works out for them. Um, let's stay at Nebraska for a moment, and you know Austin Allen, tight end of the year in the Big Ten. Uh, we'll see where he projects out in the NFL, but I'm really happy for Austin and the season he had. Good, good dude. And just a high-level talent. Excited to see him do things on Sundays. Cranach, when we talk about Cam Jurgens, right? Uh, let's talk about the Nebraska offensive line. They're looking at some some kids uh, in the portal, uh, specifically uh, some of Butch Jones's or Butch Davis's offensive line kids from from Florida International. Uh, so th- that may be the quick ad. You hope Big Teddy comes back. Uh, ready to rock and roll by by fall. You just don't know how things are going to go if they go right perfectly from a timeline rehab standpoint. But it's it's going to be interesting because, all right, you're looking at at a quarterback. You're looking at a uh, an offensive identity. You may not have your center. That'd be really cool if whoever the new O line coach is can come in and, and talk Cam into staying or. Lay out his options. Here's my vision. Let's 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 go do this together for another year. To, let's go on this adventure. <laughs> and then yeah. you've got your tackle spots. You got uh, Nuili uh, that's back at, at left guard. You're working on the uh, the Ivy League kid at the other guard spot. So you had an offensive line that needed to jump up and be much much better in 22 anyway. But if you lose your best player. Uh, you're behind the eight ball big time. Yeah, it's it's another position that, it, you know, and I think the whole thing with trying to prognosticate and figure out your team and to build your team now, nowadays, I, but really within the last year or two um, with the transfer portal, with the change that the NCAA has made to make it easy to transfer with name image likeness, the whole thing, like everything we know just doesn't really 
everything we know about how to build a program, everything we're used to about how to build a program, everything that coaches are used to is just out the window. It's, I mean, it's, it's such a time of upheaval and transition. Put it this way. You're, you're a developmental program, right? Like I think everybody agrees that's Nebraska's best chance, right? To be a good developmental program. Yeah. Good luck with that in modern times. Good luck keeping players, right? So all of a sudden, the things that the the things that you held dear for so long, you just can't count on anymore. It's just like it, there's. I feel like there just needs to be a, like a massive recalibration with how you put together a program now, and how you maintain one, right? Like, and fraud. While this has been going on, while it's become easier to transfer and all that, while that's happened, Nebraska's probably been the worst at player retention especially at the skill. How many skill position guys have started and exhausted their eligibility at Nebraska? Like none. Very few. (laughs) Uh, So few guys running back receiver. Now quarterback with Adrian especially at the skill spots. People are not starting and ending their careers at Nebraska. Doesn't mean all of them would have been all stars and whatever, but that's a problem. It's a big problem. Being able to keep guys, recruit the right ones, develop them, keep them, make them want to stay. And I I feel like the name image likeness stuff has the potential to really be Nebraska's differentiator mm-hmm. and to really help them because they're just the amount of money that's you know, around here that people will throw at students, <laughs> throw at players because that you can just do it. Like Chris, right now, if we wanted to, we could, we could send a hundred bucks to pretty much any player on open doors for the dumbest reasons. And, and it'd be okay. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> there's I mean? no, just, there's no, uh, disbarment from the program. There's no, no jail time anymore. No, if I had the cash and I wanted to, I could send cam Jurgens a thousand bucks today. Right for a and beef just say, for a beef jerky hat, yeah, yeah. Or to or to just be like, hey Cam, would love. Uh, rec- can you please just record a video for two minutes, talking to, talking to my you know middle school football team here, right <laughs> or something like whatever. You can just have it. You just send it to him, and then and then he could just have it. So like, knowing that Nebraska, what the hell are you doing? What's your program there? Because I think there's are there are enough fans, boosters, uh, businesses that are done with the S show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're done. What do we got to do? What do we all have to do? And, and knowing that you can essentially be a bag man and pay players now, I here's, mean you can. Here's the thing, though, with the with the S show. I mean it's it's been that way, but. You've got to be able to to navigate the different forecasts. You've got to be able to hit and develop so you have some depth, so you're not playing freshmen or redshirt freshmen that, that may not be ready or need a little more seasoning. Okay, so you got to you got you got to have that ability to go portal or JUCO or or just be right with uh, with a younger offensive line if that's the route you go. Same with Offensive your defense. Offensive line's huge. And, and think about if you stabilize that 
and become good at that. And Nebraska has that's not been. that's it. That's that's your hire. I mean, Mickey's huge, yep. but yep. you better just hammer that offensive line hire. If it's the guy down at LSU, if it's a guy at Army, I like Warner. <laughs> okay, I don't. You know, I don't think. I don't think. I mean, you've heard a lot about Donovan Riola. But I think he and, and he's probably really good. But I think you got to go with somebody, maybe a that, little more experienced. I, I want a veteran guy with like a gravelly voice that like drives a Harley and like is six foot eleven and four hundred pounds and just like may have a few animal dude. heads on his wall. He fought in Nam. He <laughs> he, you know, fought in Nam barehanded in one five years. And yeah. yeah, he escaped. POW camp, but you know, some sheer for like that guy. You need you somebody. Want, to you really want Rambo? You you want Rambo as the O line coach? Well, Rambo, it, it, but right, you need somebody that to really command attention and respect, mm-hmm. and that has that, just has that it fact. Because you know what, that hire, in that in that, uh, the performance of that group makes everything else okay. Has, has has the most profound impact on everybody else's experience. Right. Like it's that important to where it's like the, the the quarterback might not get drilled all the time, which means the receivers get more like good balls thrown their way, which means they get more yards, which like it, it the um, the impact is incredible. And Nebraska was just dreadful, like awful on the offensive line. Less do you pin that all on Greg Austin or do you pin it on Frost and the design of the offense and the practices? We don't know. We'll find out. Phones. Let's head to the phones real quick. Uh, we welcome in Tom with us here on Hale Varsity. Tom, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead, bud. Hey, uh, thanks, bud. Um, I couldn't hear you over the phone, Schmidt. Are you there? Yep, I'm right here. Okay, all right. Um, I was wondering with the possibility of any of these uh, potential offensive coordinators getting mentioned if uh, their philosophy would have a uh, blocking back in the, in the backfield. Uh, the three tight end offense, the three tight ends with this, Offense was was okay, I guess, at times, but for short yardage, I like to have a 230, 240-pound walk on leading the charge on uh, on third and one. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Tex, good to hear from you. Yeah, the 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 fullback question, Cranack, the H-back, the lead back, just going heavy in that backfield. I mean, I, I wish there was a Makovica or a Schlesinger walking through that door. But it is kind of what it is now where Nebraska, when they, when they need to go short uh, and, uh, and heavy, you've got a lot of Brewington murders on the edge, you know? <laughs> yeah, you've got yeah. uh, Austin Allen kind of cross-blocking and kicking out. I mean, that's where it's gone. They, they have gone under center, but clearly not when they needed to in, in, in Minnesota. So yeah, is is it a good idea to to find a, a bowling ball about two forty with a neck roll? Sure, I don't know that they're going to do that though. I know it. I wish they would because I think it just acknowledges where you're at. You know, I think in the generally in the Midwest you can find a lot of meatheads, right? You, <laughs> you just can't those dudes that are like maybe four eight forty, you know, two twenty to two forty rocks, you know, meatheads. Mm-hmm. People that wrestle, play football, catcher, <laughs> go out for the basketball team and score 1.6 points a game, but they get but like 11 rebounds rebounding. because yeah. <laughs> they're throwing elbows. 
Like, there's a lot of those people in the Midwest, you know, that generally speaking, like I, I, I would love it if Nebraska's offense and defense truly reflected the the types of talent that you have access to in, in the pac 12, you have access to a ton of skill position talent, a lot of fast track guys. So that's why they play that kind of ball. Now I feel like Nebraska's tried to do that same thing, but here, and you're like, nah, it should be based on physicality. Should be based on a little bit of girth, some beef, because that's what's here. I, I would, you know, I would love that too if they would base it on uh, kind of just w- like what the environment calls for. That'd be good. Uh, just be able to do it, get short yardage, be physical, and listen. I, I mean, I I think Nebraska was very physical on the defensive line, not on the offensive line. That's that's the the yeah. to do list. Uh, more to get to Gary Sharp in, uh, in one hour, Brandon Vogel in about 30 minutes. And uh, we'll rewind next. The uh, the pin of the hand grenade pulled with this wild week. Dean Blevins uh, recounts uh, Lincoln Riley uh, burning bridges and uh, what went down in Norman. Uh, you're listening to the weekend edition of Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Now it's time to get back to the Hale Varsity Radio Show with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. All right, that's it! You two guys leave me no choice. No television for a week. What? So, Eddie... Let's get back into talking uh, the carousel... uh, uh, sportscaster of the year multiple times and uh, former suitor News 9 down in Oklahoma City, Dean Blevins with us at Dean Blevins on Twitter. Dean, uh, man, what a, what a few days for you and Sooner Nation. Thanks for squeezing us in. I want to go back to Sunday and what you are going through and feeling as you're waiting for the coaches show to get rolling. Well, um, I felt like the LSU situation uh, was staved off. Uh, Riley was signed off on the SEC coming in. He was brought up to date on that, and he was on board with what Oklahoma had, whether it was because of LSU's alleged offer or not. They had upped him in a deal, his assistants, and and really importantly, committed even more money to um, programs, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to whatever they spend their money on these days, be it in the weight room or wherever. Uh, so all of that was going on. And so I thought it was just going to be one of the harder shows to do. And, and losing a game to a good football team with a great defense in a huge game that the Sooners, if they just played their B game, they would would have won that game. So uh, I was preparing for a rough show. Uh, as I was waiting after recording a few things, the producer came down, said Bob's or uh, Lincoln's people said that it's going to be four hours before he's going to be free. And I immediately said, there is no good option for anything that could be going on. None. And so uh, four hours later, uh, I'm still sitting there working, but still sitting there and get word that there will be no Lincoln Riley for this show today. So for the first time in 39 years of hosting coaches shows and 25 years of doing the head coaches show at OU, we didn't have a program, and there was no having to make excuses for the uh, for the loss there. Um, and then uh, the, I got word 
that that was a, that was the the nail in the coffin in terms of me knowing for sure that what I'd been hearing about USC was indeed true. Dean Blevins with us, CLVR City Radio at Dean Blevins on Twitter is where you find him. Do you have you talked to Lincoln, or if not, what's your reasoning why? And and I can I can answer that, but I'd like your take from from maybe uh, maybe knowing Lincoln like you do. Uh, why make the jump? Or is it even that hard a question? You know, uh, no, I'm not talking with Lincoln. Uh, he's burned huge bridges back here. Uh, uh, I don't even know where to start. I'm engrossed in this thing now for like three days. It's yeah. just, it's nonstop, you know. I don't know where to begin with the information. Um, uh, so what was the what was the specific question, though? And I'll take it from that angle. No, no, just why do you think he left? Okay. Why, why leave Oklahoma? I, I believe. We, we find out after Lincoln has waffled now and told different uh, variations of when USC was talking to him. Uh, he's even given different days for that now. And then the LA Times story comes out, which said that his people, which means Lincoln Riley, was in contact with USC back in September. So actually, I just tweeted something out and saying adding everything together, there's no question in my mind, Oklahoma could have begun its coaching search in September. Mm-hmm. The Lincoln Riley is a superior football coach, but this was the worst coached Oklahoma team I've seen since a couple of years of, uh, you know, infamous coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that deep down he didn't want to go to the SEC, even though he was signed off on it. Um, I don't think he really wanted that, especially when USC comes up and, and offers the moon to go out to a soft pack 12 where he's going to have success. But the very worst thing of all of this is that he has raided the University of Oklahoma of an incredible number of five-star players, four-star players, committed players, players on board now, players opting out. I mean, it's, it's not panic down here. But they're moving very, very quickly to uh, to control the damage because of the timing of it from Lincoln's end. Uh, it, it is it's something you don't do to a former employee that everything seemed to be going along swimmingly. And then today on a coach's show or yesterday, he said, or I guess it was to SVP, he said, you know, it was it was time. It was time to move on. Time to move on. Yeah. I mean, you open the door. Just be honest about it. Dean Blevins with us for the kids. Hey, the worst yeah. thing's for the kids, Chris. I bet this was a team that could play for a championship. I mean, you can look at them out there and say, "Nah, you're crazy." That's not uh, that. That was not the OU team that Nebraska played. That's not what that team could have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got talent all over the place. They were the most undisciplined team, uh, except for those two years I mentioned earlier with uh, with a bad coach. Mm-hmm. They were the most undisciplined team. They had 14 penalties called against them, 12 accepted. And then they they also had the worst special teams, just not showing any attention to detail whatsoever in this LSU game that they should have walked away with. Uh, but it's the kids that have gotten hammered, and you throw on top of that the NIL and uh, being able to transfer tomorrow if you want to, and that's put Oklahoma where it is. I won't get into special teams. <laughs> well, I meant to mention that. I, th- I thought that I did. That that was just unconscionable. No, I'm, I'm saying at uh, Nebraska. <laughs> I won't even oh, get into oh, that oh. contest with you. Uh, yeah. Dean Blevins with us.
Dean, so what's next? I know Bob Stoops is, is going to coach. Give me, and I've got a list. Uh, I know Kentucky re-upped with Stoops. I know Venables has got OU ties. I know the Pirates uh, got OU ties. Heupel at Tennessee, Norvell. Where does OU go? And is it is it a situation where it's going to be the right guy or it's got to be the right guy with the name value? Um, well, ideally, they want a guy uh, that uh, former co-U coaches have told me it'd be a guy offensively that would be able to walk in living rooms and salvage the recruiting season and continue to be the, the uh, guiding force of the program, the offensive. But by the way, Oh, you ain't gonna go get. Oh, you doesn't want hypo. Hypo doesn't want OU. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Venables thing is alive, but you know, Brent's. I don't know if he's ever been uh, interviewed for a head coaching job. Mm-hmm. I like him, know him. Uh, he's been a great defensive coordinator. Uh, I don't think he's cut out to to be a head coach, quite frankly, and not at this place at this time. Mm-hmm. But they could go to that for convenience sake. But that's not what they prefer to do. They want to hire the right guy. I believe that you go to a guy like uh, Manning down at uh, Georgia and you get a guy who I'm told Kirby would let come to Oklahoma. I'm told from sources that know all the people involved here that he's a young Bob Stoops. Stoops knows him, that he is exactly what Oklahoma has wanted uh, or that he would fill the bill for everything except that offensive part of it that, that I mentioned earlier. I think it's going to be a, a guy like that, Matt Campbell, him, something like that. Not Dave Aranda, not Matt Rule. Start rattling the coaches off if you want, but there's not many that I really look at and say, that's a serious contender. Uh, I think a guy like Lanning uh, will emerge as a very serious contender immediately. So, Eddie – shot to to talk bob into coming back other than the bowl game no they've already they've already tried the president yesterday uh a lot of people didn't hear him he kind of said it that while people were laughing but uh someone said hey bob are you going to stay and then uh, the president said uh, under his breath "Uh, we've already tried that so Mm -hmm. no that's that's not bob's deal but but i can tell you you know bob and you know the Mm -hmm. conference you know oklahoma and a lot of your viewers do your listeners do uh, Bob Stoops was the biggest champion yesterday I've ever seen him be. The only time people were prouder of him around here were when he stated after winning the national championship that second year on the Cotton Bowl floor or on the uh, Orange Bowl floor that uh, Oklahoma is back, not like Texas is back, that Oklahoma is back holding up the national championship trophy. But the leadership he showed, we saw yesterday what the real Bob Stoops was, and I know him extremely well. But I was mesmerized by him, and he's a perfect guy to, to bridge them in, in a situation, Chris, that is unimaginably horrible. Recruiting, uh, early oh, signing, players, coach transition, yeah. and, uh, of course, conference transition. But, yeah, the kids that are, that are heartbroken. Uh, Dean Blevins with us, News 9 Oklahoma City Sooner Insider, and uh, at Dean Blevins on Twitter. Is Bob crushed by this? Is he hurt? Is he angry? I'm sitting down with him for an interview, uh, hopefully tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But we've got one set aside, and you got to ask him about the betrayal question. Yes. I think he was asked yesterday and took the high road. And uh, Bob is kind of a coach's coach. You know, he, he doesn't get into much of that. But I, I know Bob really well. And I have a strong opinion that he would have been furious 
This is the guy that he he unselfishly handed a premier job to that they could easily go to playoffs for several years and contend for natties, and then the guy leaves. But the way he left, and now in the wake of it, the damage that he is doing is just unconscionable. What Barry say? Barry's in the middle of all of it. I talked to him nonstop. He was at the he was at the uh, press conference yesterday showing uh, some unity. Barry wants a guy like Mike Leach, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not going to happen because uh, because he's Mike Leach. I don't know how much more I have to go into. No, it. I get you. Uh, he would he would he would fit a lot of boxes, but especially politically now, Oklahoma's going pretty far in one direction, mm-hmm. either right or left. And I'll just say it's not in the direction of Mike Leach. <laughs> Dean, have a great interview with, with Coach uh, tomorrow. Thanks for squeezing us in. You bet. Take care, pal. Dean Blevins, uh, the rewind there with Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach, Connor Clark in. And that was some, some reality there with <laughs> the, uh, the, the first step of the E-mad. coaching earthquake and it was and, and you think about you know this this carousel affecting nebraska and the waiting game with the mickey joseph hire right is cajun kelly gonna keep mickey uh is he gonna move on from mickey where was where was all of that but dean's been doing this 40 years dean's a guy that that is you know, your, your, your sooner insider, he's hosted all the coaches shows. He hosted all the Cowboys coaches shows. So he's, he's juiced in and, and he's right there and he's as good as it gets on top of his national work for, for decades with ABC uh, as a college football guy in, in the eighties. And he just kind of painted that picture of a fan base that, that a doesn't get dumped and B you don't get dumped by a little pipsqueak that was gifted a Ferrari and, and did really pretty well. But Stoopsie retired early to, to keep Lincoln Riley around. And then it was just kind of deceitful and behind the scenes. And and there you go. And it, it's the SEC thing. I don't blame Lincoln for, for leaving because eight and five doesn't look real great uh, going into the SEC. And you're not the, the bright young mind anymore. I mean, that reality's coming. We'll see, Cranach, what happens with Oregon and Cristobal along with uh, with Moorhead. I mean, Oregon could be losing their head coach and their OC, and they sure as hell played like they were losing two coaches last night a second time to Utah. And then Oregon's looking for a coach potentially, and here's SC with all their talent and that offense uh, ready to kind of hit the ground running. The, the the best thing, and I know there's Scott Frost detractors out there, but imagine Nebraska being one of the additional names that you've seen trying to fill their coaching position, right? And this thing got launched with Mel Tucker and James Franklin each getting 10-year, $8.5 million deals. James Franklin's going to probably be a 10-win coach. Most years, Mel Tucker is going to hover between seven and ten, likely. And, and Sparty's paying nine point five to 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 stay in that third place neighborhood rather than lose him. All right, and go to three and nine. If you're Nebraska, you have DeBoer. He's a Sioux Falls native that was at at, at Fresno and was Indiana's OC two years ago. Now he's at Washington. I think he's a money coach. Uh, he's off the board, 
Uh, SC was open. OU is still open. Notre Dame hired from within. You've got the Luke Fickle factor. Does he ever leave? Is Ryan Day long for this world if the Bears job opens up here in two months or less less than a month? I don't know. But if you're Trev Alberts and you're Nebraska, would you have had to really extend and overpay to, to somebody that, again, may not get it done? Or, yeah, this wasn't the year. No, and and God no. love Trev for being patient. With yeah, well, this. There, look, there's it's something like thirty jobs that opened up in Division One football, and, and not something just like not just jobs. Oh. I mean, these are blue blood gigs. That's yeah, what's incredible. Yeah, and it's yeah. So yeah, being a part of that, like trying to throw your hat in the ring after three and nine, with your recruiting disadvantages and your recent history of performance. Yeah. Yeah, you don't look very appealing right now. Next year you could. Mm-hmm. Next year you could because a lot of those, <laughs> yeah, it's and that that's also why it's so difficult to fill out Frost staff right now. Not making excuses for them, but if you figure waiting. there's thirty jobs open, that means there's three hundred assistant jobs open. So a ton of movement all it, over the place, and you just got to see where people settle and who's available. And where's Nebraska on that wish list? You know, how yeah. do you, how 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 appealing is it to come to Lincoln? To fill out a staff that that may have well not not the staff but the head coach may have just a handful of games in twenty two. Yeah, <laughs> it is an S show. <laughs> it's a it's difficult right now. It's yeah, I, I, it's just like you, you can't take anything for granted. You just can't. You can't take a single player for granted. A single coach really anywhere in college football right now. And pro- some of this is probably pent up from the pandemic too, right? Not a ton mm-hmm. of movement then or as much, right? And then so now everything's kind of open. And meanwhile, this is all happening while the early recruiting period is... <laughs> right. <laughs> the early signing day is still kind of becoming the norm. I don't think people have fully adjusted to that yet either. It's just a major time of transition. And it's, it's about which programs and teams and Alabama aside, right? Like they'll, they they're fine. Their entire operation is fine, but everybody else's operations are just out the window <laughs> the, and you got to figure out how to compete in this new environment, which is very different than it was just even five years ago. Well, and, and you look at what Bama's done to everybody else in college football, uh, where there's no down year, there's no reset year allowed or, you've not gone into that murky water because you've been so great for so long. This is, this is it for Bama and Clemson. Clemson's going to end up probably a 10 win team, but they're 10 and three, right? This is their, their air quote reset year. Bama may not go to the playoff for the first time in a hundred years. If they get boat race today, I don't think that happens. I I think, I think, I think they maybe pull the upset. I don't know, but, yeah. they're down. Their lines of scrimmage are down comparatively to, to what they've been. And while their fan base is probably bitching and moaning a little bit that, oh God, we're going to be 10 and two. They're, they're, they're still okay. <laughs> it's not, yeah. you know, and, and what you're hoping for is, is kind of a, a Michigan 2.0. If you're Nebraska, where uh, you do the restructure, you make some changes and it all comes together for you. Uh, like, You've seen Michigan kind of persevere through. Yeah. Hey, by the way, keep your eye on Ohio State. I know we like Ryan Day. He seems like a good coach. You know that Ohio State recruits well. But 
Is he really Urban Meyer level? I think you know, he's. Ur- I think Ur- he's. Urban is essentially undefeated or one loss every year. That's all he is. And then he handed over the program. Mm-hmm. It's. I look. Is he that level? Can I think he he's really. That level? He's really really good. I just think. I think they're. They're missing something physicality wise on the offensive line. You got to use those wideouts, the talent you have. But they'd have won probably a couple more ball games if they'd have ran the ball. And they wanted the, they wanted the win throwing it, and that was kind of their downfall. Quick timeout, hour two on the way. Brandon Vogel coming up here with the weekend edition. Uh, Gary Sharp also on the way with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to an hour two weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio. Presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Connor Clark in this morning. And uh, we'll hear from Gary Sharp shortly. Big thanks to Dean Blevins, part of the Rewind. Find the podcast and uh, subscribe to us. Good, bad, or ugly, we'll take the rating. Appreciate your feedback. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, part of the Herdat family of networks. And uh, always on demand, ESPNLincoln.com. And uh, the ESPN Lincoln Twitter handle. Follow me, Chris Schmidt, at Schmidt underscore radio. You can follow Connor, C underscore Clark underscore 27. Mark Cranach, formerly known as Mark Skurs. We've got to work on getting Cranach back onto the social media scene. And uh, follow, good. huh? What's up? Yeah, I'm good. You're good? Uh, follow Brandon Vogel for all your, your Nebraska needs with football, uh, with volleyball, with barbecue, uh, his book, Dream Like a Champion, with John Cook, a must for this holiday season at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogues, you and I were texting last night, and God, we love Utah football, don't we? <laughs> Pretty impressive. I never would have thought that, and this isn't usually the way things go, but Utah beat Oregon by basically the exact same score it did the last time. So there's there's no question there for me. Is Utah just the better team here? Yeah, they they showed. And Kyle Whittingham, you kind of look at his career as a whole, and uh, pretty impressive when you when you actually go and break it down. He's kind of you know he's in that tier, I think, below kind of the the big names of the the sport in the coaching sense. But I'm not sure he should be. Uh, and maybe this latest one will will help him get a little bit more of the credit he deserves in my mind. He's big time. They're blue collar. They're tough. They're rough. Uh, they line up under center. <laughs> They've done well in the portal. Uh, they they use the tight ends. Man, just a great recipe. It'll be fun to see them in the, the Rose Bowl. So there, there's a hundred things to start with between the, 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 the carousel shakeup, Nebraska staff, Adrian, I mean, oh, yeah, by the way, Hoops is trying to bounce back after a four-overtime marathon of getting hosed by TV Teddy. Let's start with with Mickey Joseph and uh, your reaction. We thought maybe Wednesday it turned into Friday, but nonetheless, great news for Nebraska uh, to get a guy like Mickey Joseph back home to help uh, run this offense. In your opinion, Mickey's biggest impact will be 
will be what? Is it is it going to be recruiting? Is it that wide receiver room? Is it just calmness and stability on the offensive side for 2022? Um, might be the latter in terms of uh, immediate impact. I mean, you've got a group there that's still relatively young. You know, you're going to lose your your top two pass catchers and, and uh, Toure and Austin Allen, obviously a tight end in the latter case. But, you know, I think for a, a group of young, talented receivers who have kind of, you know, found the field sporadically, I guess would be the way to put it, just getting a new set of eyeballs and a new set of, you know, just new instruction probably probably helps those guys and energizes that room a little bit. And then I think not far behind that, you'll get the recruiting benefit too. Um, you get to, re- you, you recruit as well as he did at a place like LSU. Obviously Nebraska has some unique challenges when it comes to, to recruiting, but guys that have proven they can do that kind of get to to do what they want. Uh, I was a little bit surprised, you know, after the LSU change was announced, uh, if, if Nebraska was going to be able to, to lure him away from, from LSU or if he'd have the opportunity to stay on that staff. You know, Terry Joseph, Mickey's cousin, was, was with Brian Kelly recently uh, at Notre Dame. So someone he was – probably familiar with, but Nebraska was able to get him. And uh, that's, that's a pretty good first step as far as these coaching hires go. Brandon Vogel with us on Hale Varsity Radio as we talk all the upheaval and transition that Nebraska is going through right now. All this said, uh, Brandon, it's, um, you know, big departure with Adrian Martinez, of course. Um, but you're not seeing a huge number of guys that have formally announced that uh, they are headed for the portal. You think it's kind of a wait and see for a lot of the players um, still on campus? Yeah, I think I think as more of these uh, hires get announced, you know, I think because Nebraska has change uh, to come still with its assistant coaches, that might push push some of this to to the spring. And you know, for players who are maybe a little bit up in the air, it might make sense. You know, not just at Nebraska, but other places. Uh, to, to wait through the spring. You get through that, you see kind of where things stand. I mean, Nebraska's going to have a lot of new, um, not just in terms of coaching staff, but in terms of kind of roster and available spots in the in the two deep going into next year. So I think it might be, in terms of the transfer portal, I think it might be a little bit slower for Nebraska now. Uh, it, it'll be more interesting once we get to the end of spring football, perhaps. Sure. Uh, you know, Sharpie is a guy that has been on the road and covered the program at different points of uh, the Nebraska glory years. Vogues, you're you're kind of the same with just knowing the, the history as well in, in a good way. I, I'm interested here with the, the next move and filling out this staff, bud. Do you go kind of old school with the offensive line? Uh, higher, or do you go get? Uh, yes, you get a recruiter, <laughs> but you know what's that sweet spot here for for where Nebraska needs to go and, and can go? Cranack nailed the fact that there's 300 assistants floating around here by Sunday. Uh, now the problem is 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 how attractive is Nebraska? Yeah, um, I mean, with Mickey Joseph getting the the passing game coordinator tag, that was. 
that was interesting to me. Uh, it seems to indicate that maybe there's a run game coordinator tag coming as well. Uh, and, you know, a lot of times, I mean, Greg Austin had that, had that title at Nebraska. And a lot of times you do get see that tagged to, to the O-line coach. I mean, it's Nebraska, you know, got a head start on this coaching carousel which doesn't seem to have been been much of a head start just with all the change that came afterwards. I mean, you've really got, there was a little bit of change in 2020, but we knew it was going to be dulled somewhat just because of the financial ramifications of the pandemic. So what you've got now is basically two coaching carousels uh, running at the same time. And I think that's why it's been as busy as it has been. And that's just shifted things for a lot of coaches out there. Um, so I guess it's not a surprise with the way things shook out that things are, are taking a little bit longer for, for Nebraska. And honestly, like you'd, you'd like to have those guys in place to help you finish off this, this recruiting class. But I think it's more important to find the right fit and the right guys. Uh, I would be willing to wait on that if I were in Nebraska's spot. Brandon Vogel with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Hmm. I used to think when Frost first came in, Brandon, I know we talked about this, that, you know, Nebraska's got to be that developmental program. It's got just just by virtue of where it's located geographically, it's going to be tough to sort of out recruit the rest of the rest of college football. But the more I've sat with this and the more you've seen how transient everything is with early signing day with uh, the one-time transfer rule with coaching staffs coming and going. I'm, what's the formula now? <laughs> what, what do you think the formula is for Nebraska to compete in this, and NILs out there now too, um, in this kind of modern college football world with Nebraska where it's at in the conference that it's in? Like, has the formula changed what do you think the formula is for Nebraska to compete? Um, it might be it might be Michigan State, and we'll see if their sort of success early on under Mel Tucker is uh, sustainable. I mean, they're hitting at an incredibly high rate with their their transfers at the moment, and I think you see based on kind of the early response to this year's portal that Michigan State's having that. That is kind of their reputation right now. So you, you look at Michigan State, you look at Nebraska, I think pretty similar in terms of where they fall in the recruiting hierarchy. So that might be one way. I mean, I think the developmental piece of it, like if you can get that going, uh, you can stay there and be pretty happy and be pretty good. I mean, that's Wisconsin and Iowa to a large degree uh, right now. And, and I don't think they need to worry about that. So it's, it, it's more a matter of where's Nebraska at. And unfortunately, given the past four seasons, I don't think they have the time to kind of be developmental unless, you know, it's been there this whole time and it still just hasn't shown up. I mean, there's, the further we go along, the less likely that seems. Uh, but there's still, I guess, a, a small piece of the pie that, hey, maybe a lot of these guys we haven't seen yet um, have been have been getting closer and closer. Because, um, I mean, Nebraska has been getting closer and closer. It's just uh, how long can you wait? Because eventually it has to turn into wins. It does have to turn into wins. Uh, it, it 
won't have Adrian Martinez. It, it won't have Austin Allen. And there's a couple of names, Cam and Damian, you're, you're waiting on. Vogues, what's your, uh, what's your read here on, on the fare thee well between Adrian and Scott? And do you read much into it or is it just, it doesn't matter. It had to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's certainly not the ideal. I mean, nothing about basically the last four weeks as it pertains to Adrian Martinez, I think has gone the way anybody would have liked it to. And that's, that's not a criticism. That's nobody's fault. Like it hurt when he wasn't able to play what ended up being his, his final opportunity to play in Memorial stadium. It hurts to lose a player of his ability one, but also just his character that we saw and got to enjoy for four years as observers of Nebraska football. Um, and, and it hurts that, you know, according to reports, maybe that goodbye wasn't wasn't all that cordial. And I mean, and that's even understandable uh, when you lose a player and you know the stakes going into next season. Um, yeah, there's going to be some some hurt feelings, but I do think you know it gives Nebraska an opportunity. It offers some clarity of okay, that's that's done and gone. So what gives us the best chance from the quarterback position to do what we need to do next year? And I'm honestly excited for Adrian because I'm sure he's going to go somewhere and be pretty good. And just getting that opportunity, which, you know, is, is kind of a, a new thing in, in today's college football to see what you can do someplace else and see what some new ideas can, can help you do and what you can bring to, to a new place as well. Brandon Vogel is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Um, as a guy that loves metrics and likes to look at the the predictive analysis, uh, are those systems starting to get stressed and tested also, just based on how much movement there is? Like, and if you look at Nebraska this year, they kind of defied all logic, just in terms of you, you know uh, down and distance and how much time is left and what the score was and all, like Nebraska consistently just did not, the results did not end up the way that all the models said they should. Is that whole system getting tested right now too? Um, I mean, it, if it is, it might be just a little too early for it to have shown up. Like I know, you know, there's scores of power rankings out there that are used to predict games and the prediction tracker.com lists almost all of them. Um, and you know, in terms of their performance against the spread, I think a lot of these, these people that build these metrics kind of came in thinking, well, what's this going to be like? We've got vastly more returning production across the country with the eligibility freeze. Like it was a little bit uncertain of how accurate these things could be coming off of a very strange last season. And for, for most of them, they, they held pretty tight. Um, but that, that might be, you know, the actual impact of the strange 2020 might be coming down the road. You know, for Nebraska, one of the things I look at each year, and I've got it going back to 2007, is Pythagorean wins, which just takes your scoring differential and says, okay, it models it, say, you outscore an opponent by this much or get outscored. This is why, where you typically land. Nebraska's differential between its predicted win total and its actual win total was the highest I, I have going back to 2007. And that's, huh. you know, 
130 teams over 14 years. So you've got quite a few individual seasons in there. And Nebraska's difference was about four and a half wins. Uh, I've never seen a team higher than 3.9, which I think was 2016 Georgia Tech. Well, meaning, so Nebraska basically should have won four and a half more games than they did. Yeah, they modeled to like 7.4 wins. <laughs> the special hell we've been through, fellas. Uh, <laughs> Cataclysm, I know. Ugh. Well, at least there's volleyball, Brandon. Yeah, and Nebraska's yeah. <laughs> got that going for them, which is nice. Um, they smoked Campbell last night. Campbell just outmanned, you know, they're they didn't even start anybody over six foot, I don't think, and Nebraska just overwhelmed them. Uh, Florida State, though, uh, they didn't finish. I think they were fifth in the ACC, uh, a pretty good ACC with Louisville and Pitt all of a sudden emerging as national powers. Um, so Nebraska's got – that's a pretty quality opponent, kind of an under-the-radar quality opponent, and they dispatched Kansas State with ease yesterday. Um what do you make of tonight's matchup? And is it, I think we all kind of assume first and second round is sort of Nebraska's for the taking, but this one's got me a little concerned. Yeah, I think I didn't really, I had a hard time knowing what to make of Florida State coming in and, you know, talking with somebody Friday morning. And I was like, oh, if there's going to be a sweep in that other game, it's probably Kansas State. Uh, but they were the sweepy, of course. So, I mean, kind of classic ACC team they're pretty athletic they're they're gonna push nebraska a little bit i think um nebraska's been playing pretty well of of late um specifically against penn state and wisconsin like i think there's a chance that nebraska might be hitting its stride at at just the right time uh so so i definitely think the huskers get through tonight um but assuming c told you might be hitting your stride, but then the road gets pretty tough in, in these next two rounds should Nebraska get there. But I think Florida State will push them a little bit. Um, they've got some big bodies and, and just athletes that, that make things a little bit more difficult. Uh, but Nebraska should be able to to get through. But it's going to be an exciting match. Vogues, what's coming up from you, bud, with Hale Varsity? No holiday uh, specials or around the corner for, for Nebraska fans. Uh, between the magazine website, what's on the docket for the weekend? Yeah, well, we got a, got a lot of football today, so that'll that'll be fun to to take in. We've got Husker hoops and uh, volleyball. Jacob Padilla will have you have you covered for for both of those today. Um, and then we're getting ready to to send our December issue to press here in about a week. So, uh, if you were a new subscriber who took advantage of one of our Black Friday deals. Uh, you can look for that to to be coming here shortly, uh, and then we'll kind of turn the page to recruiting really quickly and get these uh, remaining three coaches hired. There'll be a lot to break down after that. Timeline wise, you think something by Monday morning, or just because of of all the conference title games wrapping up? Could be. Um, you know, a lot of these these coaches are together at the moment, so it makes it, you know, I mean, Nebraska's well down the road at this point, but I'd be surprised if we made it to the middle of next week, certainly, uh, without knowing at least, you know, the, the majority of these, these left. You might have one that's, that's kind of still open, but I think Nebraska's pretty close. Vogues, thanks so much, bud. Appreciate you this morning. Yeah, thank you. There he is. Thanks, Brandon. Managing uh, yeah. editor with Hale Varsity, Brandon Vogel. Had Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter and uh, uh, his book, uh, Dream Like a Champion. Go ahead, Mark. I was just going to say, like, 
we've gone this whole show and not even mentioned Nebraska ball at Indiana today. No, uh, at we'll, eleven coming we'll, up. No, like, I know. Soon. We'll, we'll get Couple there. Hours. We'll get there. And and a, I, I'm excited for it because that don't blame us. That it's was just a, the state of Nebraska ball. It was a know? marathon, man. That was a marathon against NC State. That was tough, <laughs> but it was it was encouraging. I guess that they cheered the ball and built a lead and then didn't. Look, Nebraska ball gets overlooked though. It's okay. Like we and we did that too. We went, you know. There's just no time for it right now. No, we don't have look, time for look, Nebraska ball. I like, mean, just, I love them, but it, it just we just don't. We've got. We'll see coaching. you in March in the big dance, Nebraska ball. <laughs> sure. Is that uh, what's happening? <laughs> you can keep hoping. Uh, we'll uh, run down the Iron Horse next. Gary Sharp, his take on Nebraska's coaching search. Adrian, Mickey, uh, how's the the field going on? Now it's time to get back with, to the uh, Hale Varsity Radio Show with Chris Schmidt that and Mark Crane. Their future. Hale Varsity leaving no choice. Presented by no television for a week. What? Weekend edition rolls forward. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Crane. We uh, welcome in, he's back after a 10-day tour, the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, joins us. Sharpie, what a week. How are you? What's new, man? Yeah, what a what an unbelievable week in the world of college football. And who would have, who would have thought a guy would leave Notre Dame to go to LSU and all of a sudden develop a uh, southern accent? I didn't realize that happened when you took the LSU job, but this is where we're at, and that's why we love this sport so much, and Around here, it never ends. It's nonstop, guys. Drama on high, man. And I want to start with Mickey Joseph. Are you surprised Nebraska got him? No, I, I think he was uh, very much uh, presented to Scott Frost that this is a guy that's going to be available. This is a guy that you need. Uh, this is a guy that would fit very well. Now go get him. And Scott was, you know, two years ago, whatever happened in the courting, if it didn't or didn't happen. Um, this time, the timing was right. The door opened up for Mickey Joseph, and I think it's a great addition to Nebraska's staff. Everybody will talk about his recruiting, but I think with what Nebraska has returning in the wide receiver room in 2022 and Victor Jones on the way, I think that's where Mickey Joseph will have the best benefit. Now, I'm curious, as we all were yesterday, and you know, it was kind of a foregone conclusion. Once Nebraska got the conversation going, it was going to happen is his title. That includes a, you know, a label on him that will be involved in the passing game. So we all are speculating. Okay, what does that mean for an offensive coordinator? We're probably trying to put two and two together. Uh, does that mean that Nebraska has an offensive coordinator, but he's not available yet because he is still coaching, or will they not have an OC and they'll have a run game coordinator and a pass game coordinator? Uh, it just kind of leads to some speculation, but it's a good it's a good addition for Nebraska. I think Mickey will give some juice to the recruiting uh, angle, and he'll also give some juice to the wide receiver room where I think he'll be able to unlock some guys' potential that you know Matt Lubick just was not able to reach or they teach differently that will benefit guys like a Manning and a Betts, a Brown, a Nixon, a Neville, uh, Neville excuse me, mm-hmm. um, and even you know a couple of those other freshman wide receivers that they'll get on the field sooner than later. Sharpie, real quick, uh, Mark, hang on a sec. I what do you anticipate? I mean, is it going to be kind of a, an Ohio State 2014 thing where you got an, a run game coordinator, the O-line coach, that's Warner. You got a passing game, game game guy in Herman. That's how they did it. It worked. Does Nebraska go that route? Well, here's what I do know. 
is there are recruits that are asking, offensive recruits that are asking the position coaches that have been out to visit them or have had contact with them that are coming to campus with their parents. They're saying, hey, who's going to be calling the plays? What's the offense going to look like? And one Nebraska coach intimated to a offensive prospect that they're still about a week away from an offensive coordinator or someone to be added another addition on that side of the ball, which leads me to believe that possibly a couple of their targets are still coaching either this weekend and championship weekend or Army's offensive coordinator. Brainak, you up or what? Sorry, I was on mute. My bad. Because I, 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 I sneezed and I did not want you guys to hear that. Right when Gary was giving us great knowledge, right? But but let me let me just stop. I, I probably didn't fully answer your question, Shmi. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's some combination like that, not a true OC, because then does that mean you could open up a position that you could have a special teams coordinator? Exactly. Because you would have one position open. Gary, we were talking with Brandon about this, and um, it's a bigger picture question, uh, but just one I'm curious about your take on I just feel like the the overall environment in college football has changed so drastically right just with with NIL with transfer portal with the one-time transfer rule um, general coaching uh, tr- being being a little more transient than it was like you get kind of three years now um, instead of you know it used to be four or five I just and, and with all these changes what what do you think Nebraska's formula is to compete in the modern college football environment that has changed a lot just in the last like three, four five years? Uh, putting together a staff, a really, really good staff that's good on development and evaluation. I think that's, I, I think you have to, you know, you look at the big 10 is kind of guys. They're, they're shielded from this madness. Had, what two firings in five years in the big 10. And while everybody is changing around the country, the Big Ten is kind of stable. I mean, James Franklin stays home. Mel Tucker stays home. I think the formula moving forward for Nebraska is how do you get out of your own division? How do you win your own division? What does this division do well? Watching football last weekend, guys, P.J. Fleck turned into a pretty good football coach. He got his team ready to play when there was not a West Division title on the line, albeit they were playing in a rival game. They looked extremely well-prepared in that football game. And, you know, he's been able to navigate the ups and downs of the season. Look at Iowa. There are Iowa fans that are good friends of mine that still can't figure out how they're 10-2. And, and not of, <laughs> oh, my God, they should be 11-1. and one. No, it's like, how did they ever get to 10-2? and two? It's, This is a division where good coaches exist, not just the head coach. You've got very good evaluators, and you've got extremely good developers, and you've got good Saturday coaches. And I think that's the formula for Nebraska to have success and just keep turning it over and over if they can get to that level. And I think that works in the West Division. Now, when you get outside of the West Division, you have some Jimmy's and Joe's. But I think for right now, that's the, that's the core of where Nebraska has to get. And that's why I'm encouraged by the addition of Mickey Joseph, because he can recruit, and I believe that he can teach his wide receivers. Gary Sharp with us, Hale Varsity Radio Weekend Edition. You just nailed it. Uh, with what's that separator for for an Iowa to kind of overachieve or Minnesota to continue to surprise right what with when when they look counted out they they find a way 
and uh, Nebraska needs to get back to that uh, that development phase. And you're right about Mickey uh, being able to do that. When it comes to turnover, attrition, and just departures, Sharpie, you know, let's go to the Adrian Martinez portal decision. You've got some guys guys that need to make a decision. And then from a coaching staff standpoint, you know, do you worry about some some we're, we're talking about adding to the room? Well, do you worry about some guys leaving the room? How how are you ballparking that here uh, this part of December? Well, let's start at quarterback, and I know you guys talked about Adrian. It had to happen. It's, it's okay. It's okay to have a separation. Um, you know, Adrian's going to get all the accolades for being uh, with Grace and all of the other stuff that he handled playing that position. Guys, it just didn't work out. Uh, Nebraska failed him. Scott Frost failed him. Okay? But now both sides can move on. And I think, you know, whether Adrian wanted to come back, and I think there was part of him that, you know, kind of wanted to see, okay, I'm going to get rehab from the shoulder and, and let's see this new offense. Probably Nebraska, probably the head coach was like, well, I'm not sure. Because, you know, now that Adrian is officially out of the mix, somebody might be more attracted to Nebraska that was not because they were looking at a fourth-year starter there. Um, you know, it's, we got angry last year at this time when Wondale Robinson departed. This is one where, and good luck, Adrian, and wherever you go, there'll be a lot of people cheering for you. It happens. Here's what can't happen for Nebraska. They just can't all of a sudden have a flurry of guys leaving. But what? But there's the balance here and the tug of war of this past year. Nebraska, the way this season went, Nebraska did not have a full-scale departure throughout the season. They had one, Savion Morrison. Then they had Marvin Scott. Probably makes sense. Ryan Hill mismanaged the running back room. Some guys, you never know if they were going to be good or not. Might be good somewhere else. But there's something about that that you can build on. But I think you have to you have to have your head on a swivel. I've, I've said that a couple of times about this offseason. You have to have your head on a swivel. You have to recruit players that are on, on your own roster. You have to recruit players that have played somewhere else that could join you. You have to recruit high school kids to finish up. And you might even have to recruit your own staff. They're thinking, okay, this is not a lame duck, dead man walking season. There might be something here where we get the refresh button and we can say maybe things last year – It'll even out in 2022. It's a weird dynamic. There's part of me, guys, and maybe yourself, but I wonder if Scott is built for this because this is not going to be easy at all because every year until you play in Ireland next year, people are going to go, there he is, there he is. Boy, boy, I wonder where he's going to be next year. (laughs) That's kind of what it is. But but you can do things like bringing Mickey Joseph into the program. You can kind of get people to go, okay, you still have me. I want to see how this is going to work. I don't know how you just went air traffic control on He's us. totally <laughs> right. I mean, it's like brilliant. he's he's at the zoo and people are staring <laughs> in at his cage. And then, by the, way, like, by the way, it is, oh, my God, he just got Mickey Joseph. How the hell did he do that? Totally right. It's, I mean, I that's know, the conversations. Gary's like, oh, roger that, uh, two, four, three, over. <laughs> that was great. It was really good. Uh, you're, you're right, though, Gary. It's it's a retention play now, probably more so than it's ever been, because people have options, and they yep. and they can they can use those options <laughs> really easily. They can transfer like that. It's it's really easy to do. Is that maybe a skill set then? So, like, if you look at coaches, you're kind of, you know the 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 major attribute of a coach is like a really good X's and O's coach. Uh, you know, really good fundamentals coach 
And um, another big attribute is like how well do they relate to players, right? And those are kind of the two things. And usually one coach is – each coach is kind of specializes in one of those over the other. It, is it now maybe more so that like you need to have those coaches relate to players? Like that is as if not more important than any kind of X's and O's. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Mark. And I think that's a – you know, you hear stuff at LSU about Mickey Joseph and out on the recruiting trail – he can reach guys on a different level or their level, and he has a better understanding of not the football player but the person, and that 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 builds the relationship. You know, I think you always have to be recruiting nowadays. Again, recruiting your own guys, recruiting other guys, um, because as you mentioned, there are options. You know, I don't I don't know if we're going to look at this world, this crazy world of college football right now, which is just a gigantic business. Is Mel Tucker? What he did this past year, good or bad, for coaches around the country. Because they're going to go, hey, Mel Tucker, in his second year, went into the portal, and he got that guy, that guy, Kenneth Walker, that guy, that guy, and look what he did. How come you can't do it? Or do do ADs go, well, Mel Tucker's pretty special. I think it's going to be more of, hey, how come you can't turn around quicker? In college basketball, you can turn around quicker. Now in college football, immediate eligibility portal, you can turn it around. It's, there's a lot of things in play about this sport that are going to make it really, really tricky for athletic directors moving forward on how they evaluate their coaches. I think, as we saw this past week, I think this is going to become the norm where we're going to have large power five jobs that are open because athletic directors are going to panic and they're going to like, we got to win now. It's a, it's a money thing. It's, a, it's keeping up with the Jimmys and the Joes. We've got to win. I'm going to pull the trigger. Or... They're going to pull the trigger, guys, on coaches that they think are doing enough that they can't lose them, and they're going to overpay to pay a guy at Michigan State $9.5 million and guaranteed money over 10 years. you got to stay where you're at, and 10-2 and two looks really good this year, Sharpie, for Sparty, but 3-9 and nine looks grotesque, and it wasn't that long ago, right? So let's let's meet in the middle and, and, and maybe overpay a guy to stay in that 7-8-9 win uh, time frame or or neighborhood, if you're Michigan State and compete with Michigan and obviously perform better against Ohio State, but yeah, I mean that that's a decision you're going to have to make. We'll get into some of the carousel in a moment. As far as rounding out Nebraska staff, and, and I and I love your take on 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 Davis from Army, if that's a, a name to think about. Bill Bush and Ron Brown. Uh, if you're a betting man, are they? part of, of this new staff for Nebraska, or are they just kind of subbing in right now be, because of the situation? Well, I think Bill Bush more than Ron Brown. I, I think, you know, if you can find a full-time position for Bill Bush, and everybody says, well, there's your special teams guy. Is there another role for him on this staff? Um, that remains to be seen. I'm, I'm not ready to take both those guys and plug them in. I do know this. When Nebraska's looking for an offensive coordinator, they're diving into analytics. I think that's a big thing right now for where Nebraska wants to go is somebody that is very analytic-driven. And so now I'm looking around the country at possible names. I'll kind of just throw stuff at a wall. This is a, this is a tough search to try and figure out from a media or fan standpoint because assistant coaches really don't talk. Um, you know, they don't have the big-name agents that head coaches have. So it's kind of like behind the scenes that maybe you get a crumb here and there and Oh, by the way, Donovan Raiola is, you know, interviewing before the weekend is over. He's interviewing on Monday, you know, for the offensive line job. 
know, that kind of stuff. But I do know that they're going very much analytic. And if you look at either Coastal Carolina or Willie Korn, who's a young 32-year-old who has not been a primary play caller, his name was hot at the beginning of the week. Or you go to Jim Davis at Army, they're very big into analytics on the run game part of it. Um, so I think that's where they're what, what they're looking for. But I do believe through the next week, um, they're going to start to fill in some other spots. But you know, we always thought it would be OC first, and then things would fill in. They went Mickey Joseph first because of his availability and to get him out on the road recruiting. I think they'll go the back way, but maybe the OC is the last person hired. But he actually has been known for a while. Yeah, you know, and you wonder too if that that's a person. Well, you don't wonder. It's almost guaranteed then that that person is having input and sway on some of these other coaches that are getting hired, right? It's not because can you imagine a situation where an offensive coordinator of any repute would want to come to a three and nine Nebraska without any input on who the hell he's going to yeah. be working with? Yeah, you would you would not do that to someone, and that person would not be wise to take that job. But I think in I think in Mickey's case, that was from above. Let's go get this guy. I don't care, you know, who's going to be the OC. We need Mickey Joseph on the staff. Because I also think something, one other thing about Mickey, real quick, is this can't be a one-year deal. Like, if, if Mickey is uprooting his family, where they have spent a good majority of their adult life down in the south, in the state of Louisiana, you're not uprooting him to come back to Lincoln for just one year. This just feels like Mickey Joseph, regardless of who he's working for, He's going to be at Nebraska for a while. And needs, for the sake of continuity at Nebraska, needs to be here for a while. Amen. With that, I mean, it's it's a longer term versus just the what happens by October 1st in 2022 hire. Sharpie, your uh, read on Cristobal and Oregon, your take on some of the, the championship games today. And I know you've got connections down in Norman. Uh, wh- where are they going? Let's go big picture here before we say goodbye. All right, let's go Oregon real quick. Uh, horrible performance last night. How could you not have used to play that game? Good on Utah. Kyle Whittingham's a really good coach. We all know that if Mike Riley would have thrown down Nebraska, Kyle Whittingham was the next option to get into a discussion. He's a good football coach. He might be a lifer in Utah. He had a team ready to play. They played with a ton of emotion. They embarrassed Oregon. Now, for Mario Cristobal, his mom still lives in Miami. He's a Miami guy. Is he... Watching his back to Miami is hiring the Clemson athletic director enough to stabilize the situation between the administration and the football that he would be comfortable for Mario Cristobal. It would be a home run. He'd be celebrated as a guy coming back. Gosh, he has a really good deal at Oregon. I don't care if Lincoln Riley has come into the Pac-12. Mario Cristobal has a good deal. This would be, I'm coming home to restore the U. Um, I like Michigan tonight, but boy, you you are kind of like nervous if you're Michigan because you need to beat Iowa to validate last week against Ohio State. I think this is a really good Michigan team. It just feels like that, that's a game they can win by 10. Alabama, man, you got a, you got a, a shaky offensive line. you got one healthy running back. You're going to get that Georgia defense. The line is only 6.5. It feels like 27-7, but, man, I am not ready to bet against Alabama being an underdog for the first time in, in six years. But I think Georgia wins, and I think it goes Georgia-Michigan. Oklahoma State, Cincinnati as the F4. Did you hear what you just said? First time in six years and that they, they've been and, an and they won outright. Yep. <laughs> Are you kidding? Like, that has to be a record, right? Like, come on. Yep. In how many games? What is it? 92. It's like 92 72 games. games they've been favored. 
And exactly. yeah, wow. How does Nebraska become that, Gary? We'll take your answer. Uh, how does Nebraska become Alabama? Uh, how does, uh, I would start yeah. in the trenches. I would start with better coaching. I would start okay. with five-star quarterbacks. I would start oh. with five-star wide receivers. You know, writing all thing. this down. Hey, so this is the thing about Mickey coming here. Um, you know, Mickey coached two first-round wide receivers on the 19 LSU team, Jefferson and Chase. Do you know Nebraska has not had a first-round guy on offense at wide receiver since 84? And they have not had a first-round offensive guy since LP in the 96 draft. First-round offense has gone, gone, goes that far back? Yeah, Lawrence was sixth overall, and Irving Fryer was the number one pick overall. I guess that's right. No, about so did, and the white yeah, yeah, most of Nebraska's first-rounders have been Nebraska. defense since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, defense has been different. But, I mean, Prince is the last first-round guy uh, in eleven. But, I mean, I know the wide receiver is a little bit skewed because of the offense, but I mean, that's 37 years ago that Nebraska had a first-round wide receiver and Mickey had two a couple of years ago. You know, that doesn't mean that he's all of a sudden going to wave the magic wand. You know, those guys are going to come into Lincoln. But, you know, if you're trying to sell your current guys and future guys, it's not bad to go, hey, I've been around some guys that are really, really good. I know how to get to the NFL. Sharpie, last thought, and, and maybe this is too negative, but – do you worry about the the current leadership in that locker room and their relationship with the coach? We're, we're, the season's done now. You played through it. Are there are there some hurt feelings about position coaches being gone? How's the dynamic? Well, you know, you know but if you got if you got hurt position feelings, maybe I look in the mirror. Maybe because you didn't do your job, they don't have a job. I mean, I know they get attached to position coaches. Not everybody loves their position coach. You spend the most time with them. But most kids nowadays realize this is a business. And business decisions are made, and you got to move on. And it, it may benefit some players that even played a lot or were starters. They're going to have they're going to have new techniques. They're going to have a new voice. They're going to have a new person that is going to be around them. Uh, and you know, see what that does to you. But if you're butt hurt and you still butt hurt, you know maybe this isn't the place for you. But it, the college football is a business, and in this case, I wholeheartedly agree. Those few. And it's tough because there's families involved as well. You had to make those decisions. You probably waited too long to redesign your staff. COVID hit last year and it probably interrupted it. But you made those decisions, and now you got to move on, and you can't look back. Um, you know, I will be interested to see when that offensive line room gets settled and they have a position coach. And, you know, Donovan Riola, if he's the guy and he's the number one candidate, uh, he's very good. He's very much a tactician. Can he get here soon enough to get into the head of Cam Jurgen and say, I know you're right now projected as a second-day guy. Stick with me. I can make you a first-day guy. That'll be key because you, you got a decision to make on both sides of the line with Daniels and, and Juergens. So. And right now, I, I, my gut says, guys, they're both gone. Damian Daniels shouldn't come back. He's had enough of a year. Put it up on tape. Go get the bag. Mm-hmm. Juergens, that's a, that's a tough one. But I, I think right now, I think he goes because he's the second-day projected guy. Mm-hmm. Don't disagree. Yeah, I think he's got a real easy, easy and, decision right now. <laughs> and, to go. And you guys, and you guys could chew on this. You're going to have a three and nine football team from this past year that could have five guys drafted, and not like like last pick draft, like maybe second day, early third day. Oh my goodness. 
It kind of goes into the uh, how the hell did you lose that one category. Yeah. Uh, so, Sharpie, hey, bud, have a great weekend. You got any ball coming up? You, you doing a game tonight? Uh, we're actually doing a game here in a couple hours, so oh. I, I appreciate it. Good work. Well, check out Sharpie with uh, the Mavs, UNO, <laughs> and uh, we'll get uh, get rocking. Gary, we'll, hey. we'll, we'll talk soon, bud. Take care. Thanks again. Thanks, guys. Always appreciate the conversation. Hi, bud. There he is. Gary Sharp uh, with us, the Iron Horse. Good to, to have him in. They got Eastern Washington today. Oh, the nice. Mavericks. The Fighting the Cow- Huskers. The Fighting Cowherds. Is that what it is? Is that where he went? I, I, I think. No, uh, I, the, I'm, the, I'm interested here with this Riola thing. Like, you got to interview him. Can he leave before the NFL season's done? Is he the right guy? I, well, again, I, I want a non-veteran. Like, I no, want, I know. I, I want I want a I want a older, more experienced. I mean, I want Garrison. That, that ain't gonna what, happen. What experience? That that that's the key. Experience. Well, he's been, what he's, been, he's no been in the NFL and he's been a GA at Notre Dame, but he's not coached coached as the position lead no. in college. No, no, you, yeah, I. That worries me. That's concerning to me. Well, if I don't he, think that's an upgrade. If you, no, it's not. And if you got Davis with Army out there, you got the LSU O line coach. You've got a hundred O line coaches out there mm-hmm. with all of he, these openings. O line is God. It, the, the head coach has to set the right tone for what practice is like, though. You know, this, the head coach has got to listen to his own line coach about what type of practices need to happen when it comes to how physical his guys need to be. The whole goal is to get those guys ready to, to battle mm-hmm. more more than anything else. Like, yes, your quarterback needs to know what's going on, too. Of course, I'm, I'm not saying that's the only thing, but that's a rec- that's number one on the list. You know what's get what's, the O line ready to go is number one on the list of your priorities. It's top three. What's interesting is you saw the defensive line. They were physical. They were yeah. ready to go. Cam, Jer- Cam Jurgens. No, I know, but Cam Jurgens d- does not. He doesn't fall out of that physical category. He's a badass. He's yeah. tough. Yeah, he is. But the other he, the other four need to be better. And should some of them have even been playing yet? Right, like. That's that's the Corcoran. Corcoran moves really well for a tackle. Uh, we saw that against Rutgers. Yeah, that's one but game. He, he wasn't very sure of himself, right? It just no. he wasn't. He couldn't play free. Well, um, and usually you can't when you're that age. Well, you're playing through. You're playing back from injury. You probably rushed back. Yeah. He's he's really going to be good. I think Turner Corcoran's think really so going to be good, and uh, good for him persevering through this year. And by the way, go play left. It's a different year if Teddy don't get hurt and you can move Turner to right, and then you get a better Sichterman, and then you got uh, Neary uh, along with Cam doing their thing, and you, you get more Northwestern performances where you look physical and dominant. Yeah. No, there's so much. It's just, you know, usually at this time of year, you can look ahead to next year and have a pretty good idea of what's going to transpire. And what's coming back? I have no freaking clue. <laughs> like, if you were to guess right now, how many wins does Nebraska get next year? You're like, I don't, I don't even know. know. Anywhere from two to I'd nine. be kind of interested to see Adrian go to Northwestern and meet him over in Ireland. No. you Because you, you do realize it would be the no, most Nebraska thing ever that he would 
just absolutely scorch Nebraska. Yeah. He, I mean, it'd be like 320 passing yards, Runs five touchdowns, no yeah. interceptions. I, I just like to see that. You you want to see that? What kind of sick bastard are you? <laughs> you want to, you want to see that? I don't want to see I him. I don't want to see him beat radio. Nebraska. I want to see the matchup. Oh, okay. Well, because he, you know, he would. I don't know. Just because he could never pull off a big win here, he would find a way to definitely beat Nebraska. Hey, Coach Frost, good to see you. Remember the oh exit meeting? <laughs> oh my God! Could you? This place would. Would they let Frost back in the country? I wouldn't. If that come, happened. I wouldn't come back. I'd pack my golf clubs. Shrev would be like. He wouldn't let him back in the country. He'd You're be at swimming customs. home, son. He'd be at customs. <laughs> you landed O'Hare, and he'd be like, "No, sorry, you got to go back to gotta Ireland. Go back. Gotta We've go got to go. We've got to go. We'll be uh, full ready for you Monday with recruiting, coaching news. Enjoy the championship Saturday. Uh, ESPN Lincoln's got all your coverage. Uh, take care. Thanks for listening with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.